Welcome to episode 123 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio, drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Good morning. How's it going? Morning, Kyle. We just had a, I'm, a I'm, big old breakfast burrito, and I'm kind of jealous. It's very good, and it was cheap, and now I've got my first uh, PSL of the season. There you go. <laughs> Fall is here. Pumpkin spice latte. Mm. Good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big pumpkin flavor fan. I... I, I Feel like I've had a, a a good amount of pumpkin pie to know that I'm okay with pumpkin pie, <laughs> but like once you start mixing it in with the coffees and all sorts of stuff, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I dig it. I think it's unfortunate that it's become this like derisive meme, whereas it's pretty good. And even if one pumpkin product isn't for you, it's for somebody. Sure. Like there's 50 different pumpkin products, not so that one person can have all 50. It's so that like 10 different people can have five. Like there's a pumpkin for everyone. You'll yeah. find your pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> My week has been okay. Yesterday, I, I, it, it was one of those weird days where I slept really, really good. And then I woke up expecting to be like, oh, I feel well rested. I'm ready to take on the day. But I was more so sad that I wasn't still sleeping because it was such <laughs> good sleep. And I was just like, no, like, take me back. Yeah, please. Yeah, I, <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> yeah, it was a good day. Mm. Uh, but we are not here to talk about pumpkins. So no. I, I I I suspect that the the name pumpkin c- c- could maybe one day be the name of a a Bond woman Bond g- girl. <laughs> it is time to start calling them Bond women. Bond women, yeah. <laughs> uh, like I, yeah. So <laughs> we are here to talk about James Bond. <laughs> we are. This is our first episode of our Shame Timber series, mm-hmm. where each of us is, uh, we listed some movies that we should have seen by this point in our lives, but we haven't. On our list and of for shames. for me, this was, yep, this was my, my pitch. Uh, I love James Bond as a general entity. I love the Daniel Craig movies. I had never seen the one where it all started, Sean Connery in Dr. No. Yeah. Dr. No, indeed. That is what we are here to talk about this week. And I am excited. Yeah. Because uh, I've, I've, I've seen this one, I feel like, a couple times. Mm. I, I know at least twice uh, in full. And then j- my d- d- dad was also a big j- j- James Bond fan. So whenever they were on tv or, or something he wouldn't be like oh let's watch thunderball or something you know let's watch <laughs> the boring one, one. one yeah right um <laughs> uh, so yeah we like i i'm i've been familiar with this movie for a long time i think i've pitched this once or twice on the show i, I don't know if it was this show or if it was to paul on the whatnots podcast way back it's probably to paul because i if you pitched this i probably would have picked it <laughs> You were, you were like, no, 
to Dr. No. No. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. No. <laughs> but uh so I I think we we mentioned this on the captain's log which we recorded a couple days ago. Mhm. I don't know why, but somewhere along the line I got it mixed up and I thought that this was the m- m- movie in which they had the famous l- l- line do you expect me to t- talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And I just, I guess for the past, like, two years or something, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's in Dr. No. You know, the yeah. famous line from Dr. No. That one. Because <laughs> uh, there's it's no not in, there. in it. Right, you yes. presume he starts yes. all of his sentences with no. He's a terrible improviser. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's not yes and, it's no, but. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to demote this guy to the third city. <laughs> well, well, no, but I, I, I mean... <laughs> He's not welcome in our brigade. Right. Um, so, like, I, I yeah, because we, in the, kind of a secondary mm-hmm. reason for watching this, I know, is that the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, uh, is is coming soon, eventually. Yeah. It's been delayed a number of times thanks to COVID-19. Um, but there is some speculation that it is kind of pulling some things from dr no um mm-hmm. so we might get more into some speculation on 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 that down the road once we get into spoilers and stuff like that but melissa this was your first time watching it yeah this was my first time seeing a full uh sean connery of any kind so this oh, is okay. my history with james bond my dad wasn't a bond guy he's a western guy Mm-hmm. He's a different class of dad. Sure. <laughs> so I didn't, I just seen like fragments of these on TV growing up. Like I'd seen Austin Powers. Like I knew the parody stuff about James Bond. Sure. And a couple years ago, I started listening to this podcast called James Bonding because it was co hosted by <clears throat> uh, a comedian and improviser who I really loved. It's like, oh, for him, I'll listen to this show. And it was really fun. It was working like a pretty dull office job at that point, as opposed to the exciting office job I have now. (laughs) And just to listen to like these two hour, like movie recaps uh, really filled up my day. It was really entertaining. So I got really into James Bond secondhand through osmosis. Okay. And like that podcast ran through all the movies. Then it ran through all the movies again. Then I found another podcast called Spectre special podcast exclusively for comedy talking revenge and extortion okay (laughs) and then i've listened to that one i watched all the daniel craig movies uh i've seen two of the roger moores i've seen uh a view to a kill and moonraker i was a guest star on uh the specter episode talking about moonraker Mm -hmm. i recorded that like almost exactly a year ago oh wow so i guess mid-september is the time for bond podcasting there you go (laughs) But yeah, I I really like James Bond through the couple films I saw and through all this secondhand knowledge. And I felt like I knew the films better than I did because I was also under the impression that it was Dr. No that expected him to die. Even though I've heard three in-depth recaps of Dr. No, my brain still had that stuck in there from just 
years of having all these Bond parodies and references and homages kind of smushed together and other pieces of pop culture. Yeah. Like a lot of this big iconic stuff you do kind of place on the first movie and a lot of it isn't there. Q isn't in this. This doesn't have the traditional uh, Bond opening. It doesn't have a Bond theme. It just has like the theme. It doesn't have a separate song beyond that. Shirley Bassey's not here yet. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one for sure because of that stuff that they you know it, it, it doesn't have certain things that's like oh this is James Bond. If you have a James mm. Bond movie, you have to have these certain things. But yeah, it, yeah, it is also the start. Like you start to see how that stuff can come in to play once yeah. you start learning more about the character and and things like that. Um, but yeah, so I'm assuming you ended up liking this because i feel like it's a pretty likable <laughs> you're right i did this was a good time i was expecting this movie from 1962 to feel like dull or boring or plodding but no i was really entertained the entire time yeah it, it's it's not like your your standard action film that you yeah. would know today it is slower in comparison to that stuff um, but yeah, there, there's some exciting moments. There's some tense m m m moments that I think just re re really draw you in. And mm. since this is the first James Bond film, just like seeing how he interacts with all of these characters and stuff is interesting to watch. Um, yeah, and then it's Sean, <laughs> it's Sean Connery when he's super young. So he's all also a delight to watch yeah i get it like he's not my type of fella if you ask me to name the most handsome james bond i might say it's pierce brosnan who's much softer and lovelier but yeah i get the sex appeal of a sean connery he's sure. a really yeah. commanding presence to watch i was reading uh something in the trivia about one of the reasons why he was cast was that he is this huge man, like he's very tall, he's very broad-shouldered, but he moves very gracefully. <laughs> like he had kind of has this cat-like, you know, espionage nimbleness <laughs> if he's sneaking around somewhere. He can pull that out if he needs to. Okay. He's a good physical performer. Indeed, indeed. Uh, yeah, so let's get into a bit of a synopsis for this film. Let's see here. Okay. Uh Dr. No, Dr. No. So you'll you'll have to help me out with this okay. one. But uh it starts out with a murder. Murder most foul. Yes. Um it, it it's looking like it's taking place in Jamaica or or, or some Yeah, MI6 location. Uh yeah, the, yeah, it is Jamaica. The British Intelligence Service has like a secret office there. They're just doing a routine check-in call with their operative and the, the line goes dead. The, like, they can tell the line still works, so it's not a technical problem. They're like, we think something just happened to this lady in the middle of when we were talking. Yeah. So, Bond, you got to go down there and find out what happened. Yeah, so he's, he's sent down to investigate, uh, and as he's kind of investigating, he's starting to uncover... Uh, I, I I guess like a sinister plot to steal a missile or like explode a missile in mid air. That wasn't entirely clear to me, but uh, 
yeah, like he he's he's just he's he's starting to get mixed up with the locals and some of their superstitions and things like st- strange things that are happening on a certain I- 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 island nearby. Yeah, he um he finds out that Doctor No's plot is to topple the rockets launched by NASA at Cape Canaveral. Like I think he's going to take control over the rockets and redirect them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty basic pl- plot. Like it's it's not a complicated mm. movie like you would think for like no. a spy espionage film. It's very straightforward. It is. Um do do you have like non-spoilery stuff that you might want to a- a- add to that Bef- before we move oh. on? <laughs> uh he goes to this island. He's investigating. <clears throat> There's three different Bond girls in this one. Well, one's back in England in like mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the the establishing information. He's got two ladies when he gets to Jamaica. He's got some cool sidekicks. Felix Leiter's in this. And there's some really rad layers. Yeah, good old-fashioned villain layers. <laughs> this is a movie with a straightforward story, so it doesn't have layers, but it has layers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, well, let's move on to our housekeeping, then, mm. and then we can dive into the movie. If you guys did not know, we have multiple podcasts here at The Whatnots. Uh, you guys can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. Just type in The Whatnots, and all of our shows will pop up right there. Uh, I, I mentioned the Captain's Log. You guys should go check that one out. Uh, we also do a video game podcast called Crossplay, uh, which is a lot of fun as well. Um, so if that's your thing, we have that for you guys to check out too. Um, but if you like what we do, patreon.com slash the whatnots is where you can support us uh, for as little as a dollar a month. We do have a bunch of exclusive content at our $3 yeah. tier. Uh, so if you guys want to check that stuff out, you can as well. We've covered things uh, from the X-Files to Batman <laughs> Beyond, all sorts of things. We've had game nights. Uh, where yeah. we, we we played uh, all we we've done like personality tests and we played what, what's that game Mash from we from did our play school. Mash yeah. <laughs> it was fun we 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 have all sorts of stuff up on on our uh, exclusive content tier uh, so you guys should go check that stuff out too but last but not least a big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the five dollar tier so thank you Sam for helping us out. Keeping the mics on. We appreciate it. We love you lots. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. I guess I need to do the spoiler graphic. Jazz <laughs> There we go. Um, okay. Okay. James Bond. Dr. No. Dentist. Mm. Yes. Right. <laughs> Chiropractor. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> So, so you you told me an interesting fact about this film uh, that in in bringing this film, I think to 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 China, it, it, it was to Japan, Japan. They they had to translate the name, and it translated to something really funny. 
<laughs> we don't want any doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I'd heard this for years, and then I wasn't sure if it was just, like, a joke, but it is on the IMDb trivia page, and if you can't trust that, so funny. I don't know who to trust. Yeah, it, it, it's like, it, instead of having someone whose name is No and just being Dr. No, it was... We would not like any doctors, please. None. Thank you, though. None. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think we open up with this film with a poker match. Yeah. Which I, I think I saw you tweeting about that. And once I saw it, I was like, ah, this is per- probably what she was t- tweeting <laughs> it, about. No, it was about something else. It was about an oh, episode well. of The Tick. But uh, it also counts here. I, this is one of my other biggest weaknesses as a movie buff. I have no idea how poker is played. And every movie presumes that you do. There's never a movie that at, at any point explains poker offers you poker exposition so constantly my for 30 years i've had people like showing poker hands in movies and i i think i can tell when it's very very good but if it's just regular good or bad or middling (laughs) i don't i cannot tell i don't know what they mean yeah which is an interesting one to me because i think poker and just like casinos in general are kind of a recurring theme in yes. bond, bond movies, right? It immediately starts off the film giving it a sense of class and money yeah. and like high rollers, high stakes, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, right away we have the like inherent sexual tension between James Bond at or who? Well, I I, I guess he's not shown immediately uh, mm. but once he d- d- does c- c- come on screen there's just that immediate sexual t- tension yes. between him and the woman that he's playing <laughs> poker with who's also kind of doing really w- w- well at the yeah. table her um, name's sylvia trench she's pretty cool and she appears briefly in the beginning of the next movie from russia with love she's the okay. only love interest who like shows up more than once in this series until we get to uh the daniels which have more of a continuity to them yeah interesting okay yeah um so like it's it's one of those things where just right off the bat you have this like high class uh just like sexual tension like these are the first things you learn about james bond and to be honest, I think this is a great start to the film to explain what yeah. and who J- James Bond is. Like when 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 you look at the books, when you look back at the movies or there's there's stuff like that. If you can distill James Bond down in into some like basic things, I think this is kind of it. Like this is such a strong like this is James Bond. Bang, yep. here here we go. <laughs> yeah, it really sets you up with and he's a very simple character sure. to begin with. Like a lot of the when you think about Bond, you think about all these accessories to him 
and all the things he he does and he has. You're mm-hmm. not thinking about his personality. I don't know if there's much to say about Bond's personality. It's just like, you know, like he he's a real ladies man and he drives a cool car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's uh let's see, he's he's eventually sent to Jamaica to investigate mm. this stuff. He's sent there by M who is mm. in charge of MI6. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it might not be called MI6 officially yet in this movie, but that is what it is. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what we know them as. Um, yeah, so I, how do you feel about this setting? Because I just, just the, the setting of Jamaica on this island... Stuff like that, because Bond goes all sorts of places. We see him right, mm-hmm. like in casinos, like we mentioned. We see him on tropical islands. We see him on like military industrial structures, like out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> in the yeah. oceans, or like just all like these weird locations. But to me, something like Jamaica. Is, is is so grounded to me. I, I, I don't know if you feel the same yeah. way, but like I, I don't know if I can think of, at least off the t- top of my head, another mm. James Bond film where it's like, oh, I could go there. <laughs> right? But it's like, you're right. Jamaica. I can go to that, that you know, that bar and have some fun there, you know? You're right. Jamaica feels attainable. Like it's it's a excellent vacation spot, but it isn't quite in that same uh, level of like classy international jet setter as it would be if he was going to like Paris or Prague or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you've you know people who have been to Jamaica. Like everybody's aunt has like taken yeah. a cruise to Jamaica. Your aunt probably isn't uh you know spent a glamorous weekend in Prague. Yeah, like it, besides being geographically closer to us as American audience members, you're right. It feels like right. an attainable spot and it feel it feels like a place for like a chill vacation. Like you can relax in Jamaica. That's what it's there for. Yeah. Yeah. And that vibe does translate to this movie. It, this movie takes place, I mean, it's uh, initially it's set in London. You know, I think that's where Bond is playing poker with Sylvia Trench. Mm-hmm. You see him around the MI6 offices. He's getting ready to leave. So it starts there. But then the movie entirely takes place in Jamaica after that. Like, it doesn't travel around. And that is why um, So the, the James Bond movies are based off the series of novels by the author Ian Fleming. Correct. And Dr. No is not the first novel. I think Dr. No is a couple novels in, but they picked Dr. No to be the first movie because it was all set in one place. Interesting. Like, oh, yeah, this is easiest for us to make a movie out of. Another interesting thing we get out of this. Oh, and Ian Fleming himself lived in Jamaica. He had an estate Ah. in Jamaica. The name of that estate Golden Eye. Huh. Yeah. So a Fun lot facts. of the Bond movies, <laughs> a lot of the Bond movies, even if they, the plot isn't very similar to one of the books, the names are mostly taken from the books. But Golden Eye is taken from the name of uh, Ian Fleming's estate. But so I think the first novel published might have been from uh, uh, from Russia with Love. I'm not entirely sure. 
But so there's this bit at the beginning of the movie where he's talking to M and he's <laughs> and M's like, you're not going to take your Beretta pistol out there, are you? And Bond's like, yeah, it works fine. And then M's like, no, we're going to have to give you your Walther PPK. Here, Major Boothroyd, come on in. Uh, tell yeah. Bond about the gun. So this is based on in the books Fleming had written him with a Beretta and this man named Boothroyd wrote to him like, no, no, no. I see what you're trying to go for here. Bond needs this type of gun. You have to give him the Walther PPK. So then Ian Fleming changed the novels for this gun. That's amazing. Gun dork just wrote to him and convinced him hard enough. Like, no, you got to go with this brand. You got to go with this model. So that's why there's that little character there in the beginning in you know, the kind of role that would eventually be filled by Q. We have that major Boothroyd guy named after this guy who wrote to Ian that's, Fleming about gun that's details. Awesome. That's great. Right? <laughs> I, I always thought that was an interesting bit of, of background trivia in how I these just, books and these movies got started. The, the Walter PPK is like such an iconic gun now like oh mm. that is james bond's gun gun uh yeah so I, I i yeah i don't think i would have known that that had some little story in the back there I, I i just thought that yeah it was like uh hey let's set you up with the cool stuff and <laughs> here's the cool stuff right mm-hmm. uh, and it just w- went on from from there but um yeah, like I that that that's I think re- really the only gadget that he gets. If you can kind of count yeah. that as a gadget, like a, a, again, that's something we don't really see in in this Bond film, and we don't get the like. Here's a pen that's re- really a a miniature rocket, right? Uh, <laughs> or like here's a watch that's a laser, <laughs> mm. or, or something like that. Yeah, it's not. There's a lot of things that are here in this first movie. There's M, there's Money Penny, Felix Leiter is in this. He's a recurring character who's in like every couple movies as just an American CIA agent who Bond cooperates with. Mm-hmm. It's like Felix is here from the beginning. Uh, the gun barrel sequence is here from the beginning. They have the Bond orchestral theme. Uh, but there's there's other things that are missing like Q, the Aston Martin, all of the gadgets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's still building up its mythos. A lot of that comes in. Uh, so I kept watching a couple movies more. I watched From Russia with Love and I watched Goldfinger. And a lot of that stuff is in Goldfinger. Goldfinger is where it starts to hit its stride. That's where you do have the Aston Martin with the oil slicks yep. and the ejector seat. Yep. That's the one with odd jobs. You start getting the really specific weird henchmen. You know, the whole plot of that movie is that Goldfinger is going to break into Fort Knox mm-hmm. and irradiate the America's supply of gold. Like he's uh-huh, not going to steal it or him. destroy it. He's not going to steal it or destroy it. He's just going to make it radioactive so that then no one can use it. And all the gold he already has becomes more valuable. And That's the one where the, the Bond girl is named Pussy Galore. Right. Yep. Yeah. It becomes saturated at Goldfinger. It, yeah. It like on one hand, you, you could almost argue that that's like t- t- too much. They're like, oh, what yeah. are you doing? You've gone way <laughs> overboard. But it it, it works. 
like it, it's it's so entertaining and so fun to, to watch all this stuff like oh what gadgets is he gonna get yeah he's gonna be the bond g- 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 girl like there like there's there's a certain like it's it's become almost a ceremony of just like yes. finding out all of this information like what gadgets will he have where is he going who's the bond girl who's gonna sing the theme song right yeah like, what's the opening credit <laughs> animation gonna look like like there's this pageantry to yes. it and it works like it you're it's kind of cool you're right that is what i think is so popular about these films is that it is the same patterns it's the same ingredients getting in like mixed mm-hmm. up and reincorporated time after time and you know maybe he shouldn't be sleeping with all of these women and then like most of them die and they've got these like really cheesy sexual names yeah like it's outdated but there's something about like just the pattern of it like we've always got a couple they operate like this the narrative flows like this but within that it's like all the variation that's so exciting yeah who specifically is this woman going to be like none of them feel that cookie cutter honey writers she's the major girl in this movie she's got a lot of very specific odd quirks to her Mm -hmm. a lot of them do like just looking at all these women and like who they are and how they might stand on their own even if their interactions with Bond are all pretty much the same. Oh, like there's, you, you look forward to seeing it. It reminds me a lot of, like I grew up watching a lot of theater and theater is the same stories over and over again. But you watch right. different people play the roles. You see like different direction styles. Maybe they play around with the sets and the costuming, give it a different tone. Yeah, uh, set it in a different time period. Like just watching that same thing readapted and remolded. Mm-hmm. Like we took all the Legos apart. Now we're going to put the same things back together, and it's not going to be a skyscraper this time. It's a truck. <laughs> like stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, really works. Yeah, and it's like it's not like they can't improve on that stuff or 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 change it. Like. They can yeah. make him less of a womanizer and, and stuff which like that. Which the and Daniel still... Craig movies have done. Like in the yeah. last movie, which is called Spectre, he meets Madeline Swan. He falls for Madeline Swan. He's still with her at the end of the movie. And she's a major character in No Time to Die. Like they're developed and, oh, in Casino Royale, he falls right. for Vesper. He spends the next couple of movies getting over Vesper. Like there's more a little bit more sincerity and continuity and like character depth about the entire thing. Yeah. The whole, the whole thing still works and it still has all of those ingredients that we now know and love. Mm. Um, but yeah, good stuff. So you, you mentioned this CIA a- agent. Um, what was his name? Light- Felix Leiter. Leiter. I, I was, I, yeah. I kept wanting to, to, to say like lightlier or something but that's <laughs> Felix it. Lightyear. Yeah. Felix Lightyear. My son Buzz is over here. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so Bond is in Jamaica and he's investigating this murder but uh I I guess they also get information that the CIA is there yeah. investigating this uh like uh rocket launch disruption mm. that could be happening and they're kind of wondering if this might be linked together somehow um i want to talk about that first like that first scene ish when 
Bond gets to Jamaica and he's barely stepped off the plane and just immediately it's espionage central, right? Where everyone is a spy and looking at at him from behind the newspaper and stuff like that. And he like... He's just, he's so smooth about, about, yeah. about it. Like he, he knows what to do. He knows what to do. And I think the way this film is shot, it, it makes things, it, it like, you notice them. You notice things are strange. Why is this shot lingering on this p- p- person? Or why, <laughs> why, why, yeah. why but, it, but it's not, it's not so ridiculous that, that, that it's like, oh, this guy is just a, a terrible spy, like. Mm-hmm. Am I behind the the the, the right? He's and... it's not like Shaggy walking past a painting with eyes, and the eyes are clearly looking at Shaggy, and Shaggy doesn't notice. It's done pretty well. Like I yeah yeah, and and he he's so calm and collected, and he knows like okay, like I need to make sure that this driver that says he's here for me was actually sent by the people. So he's like, no, you get the. Bags. I have to go make a call real fast, mm. and he, you know, he finds out no, that's that's not sent by them, and so he, with that inf- information, you know, still gets in the car, and he's like, now I at least know that this is a trap, and I can play that to my advantage. Uh, it's mm. kind of another card game for for him right like it's just yeah i i don't know exactly how this will turn out but i know i have a good (laughs) hand here so i i I can make it work in my favor which i i i I like how that whole scene plays out where where he's like he's he's just yeah he's super smooth yeah i (laughs) i saw a a magazine feature years ago, and it was contemporary authors dressing up as their favorite uh, literary characters of yesteryear. Mm-hmm. And there was this female author who was dressed like James Bond. I don't remember who this woman was, sure. unfortunately. <laughs> she might have been like a British author. That might have been part of it. I wasn't familiar with her. But she's dressed like James Bond, and she's... And it's got like a little blurb from her about why she chose to dress like him. She's like, the allure of this man has always been that he is flawlessly competent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's always what's been so attractive about him. Even if you don't like you know, the, the, the sex or the violence or, you know, the fact that this is just sort of a silly popcorn movie that hits a reset button 25 times. Like the bond is always appealing in that he... He's not an extraordinary man by any means. He's not so much stronger or smarter than any other, like, just agent working anywhere. But, like, he always basically knows what to do. He always gets his way out of stuff. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> you're right. He is smooth. Not smooth and in, in suave, but just... I mean, he, he, he's he a well-oiled... Is he is but he's also this well-oiled professional machine you're just watching a man be very good at his job for two hours yeah yeah (laughs) just watching a guy be very good at his job yeah i like i i it's hmm i'm i'm trying to think because because 
yeah, I, I, I guess that's a good way to put it. I don't have much more to, to add to that to be like, well, it's actually more like this. Um, <laughs> but I, I liked that, 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 that scene there. It, it's almost like, because when, when we first see him in the casino, you mm. almost get the sense that he's a little bit cocksure, right? He's, yes. he's a little bit in, in, into himself. He, he, he knows he's hot shit. But then once the movie starts to get going and all that stuff, I, I think it kind of makes you re- rethink that slightly. Like he's still mm-hmm. sure of himself, but maybe not in a cocksure kind of way of, of, he, of just like, hey, not... I know how to handle myself in these situations. Yeah, he's not arrogant he's not foolhardy for all of his pursuits his drinking and his women uh he makes it work with the job right like he he's never like off the betting some woman when he's supposed to be working like he makes it all work together he gets the job done he's not distracted like he is an agent first and he's so good at being an agent that he can be that confident and he can have all of these other side pursuits along with the job he's doing yeah. and still and, and exceed at all of them by the end of the day. Most of, of these side pursuits are things that are related to the job. Yeah, he sleeps with the girl, but he sleeps with her because he knows that she has information or has some kind of connection to something that he needs to get. So it's 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 a part of the job and he's good at, 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 at mm-hmm. it so yeah on one hand it's kind of a womanizer but on the other hand it's like but you're good at your job damn it like <laughs> yeah and a, a lot of the women do seem to meet him at that level <laughs> i think it is rare that there have been like women who sleep with james bond that are like well now you're gonna come meet my parents right <laughs> Like they get what James he is Bond, about. A man to a bring back time. home to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the Bond girl of this movie, Honey Rider? Honey Rider. Uh, so we meet her a little bit later on in the film. She's at mm. Crab Key Island, which is the island that Doctor No is on. Um, she's. She's an interesting one, I feel like, because she just gets caught up in this. Like, yeah, she's, like <laughs> she's just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right? She's just a lady. Despite what we just said, like that, that mm. the, these these like side flings and sleeping with all these mm. women is usually for the job, right? But this one is kind of an exception to that. However, they don't like really sleep together but they do have like an immediate c- connection and they're immediately yes. like just like very intimate with one another one another mm. but yeah she's just in the wrong place at the wrong t- time and they're kind of confused as to why she's there <laughs> <laughs> and i like she's got such a specific backstory where her father was like a a marine uh, biologist, ecologist, like he studies shells. Mm-hmm. He studies uh, the natural properties of shells and I guess whatever organisms live in or attach themselves to shells. And he died 
And like she she grew up like just the two of them traveling around all the time. You know, she hadn't been in Jamaica too long before he died and she doesn't know what to do. So she's like, I still just go out and collect shells. Yeah. And I can get these really good, big, shiny conch shells and like sell them to people for like 50 bucks. Yeah. Like she's just selling high-end souvenir shells and like nobody's like there's radar and like all these people watching this little island where Dr. No is. But like she knows how to sneak around them and also like she knows that they know oh, that's just a lady collecting shells. Like, it's more trouble than it's worth to, like, try and scare her off. Let her collect the shells. It's fine. So so she's just there with a net bag full of shells in her bikini with her knife belt. Yeah. I like that she's always got a knife with her, probably just to, you know, cut. Cut some rope or some Fishing lines and rope and kelp and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, she's got her little knife. It's such a specific backstory that she's like, I collect shells for a living. I follow in my father's footsteps. I live a life of shells, (laughs) which helps her feel, oh, like she's charming. You like her. Like you're on her side the first time like she appears. And that helps this whole Bond girl thing feel like, you know, it is a troublesome pattern, Mm -hmm. but it makes this particular character feel kind of fun. And you're like, oh, what else are these other women like? Because each of them has something to them. Pussy Galore is an amazing pilot. That's cool to see. Sylvia Trench is out there playing poker. I think it's very rare that you see an unaccompanied woman out at a poker table in a high-end casino. Yeah. Yeah. I I think one thing to me that is interesting about Honey's character is she's very similar to the location again in the sense that we yeah said, like, yeah she's location specific she's location specific but most of the bond girl like when i think of a bond girl i do think of these like high roller women they're fashion models yeah they're, you, know, you, you know they're rich they're famous in a certain way yeah but here she is just a nobody right like yeah i just collect shells and sell them this one makes me 50 yeah. bucks. Like, yep. you, you know what I mean? And she just happens to be hot. And it, it's just like, <laughs> you're, you're hot and you're here. So congratulations. You're a Bond. Welcome. This, so, is, yeah. this is our starting point. Yeah. Like, I, I expect Sylvia Trench to be more of the Bond girl in this film. Based yeah. on what I know of 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 these stuff. Um, but... Yeah, like that she's there at the start and that's it. And the rest of the film is we get a second woman and then Honey Rider is the third one. But I think the most prominent one of these three because she then yeah, and that is caught typically up in, in things at the end there. So <laughs> that is typically how the pattern goes is that there is there is like two or three Bond girls throughout the movie. There'll be like one pivotal one. And like the first one he sleeps with dies. In this case, it's not Sylvia Trench who he sleeps with back in London. It's Miss Tarot. It's that secretary who he sleeps with there in Jamaica mm-hmm. who dies. Which again, like this is all recognizably troublesome. But it does like <laughs> kind of excite some part of your brain that all these like there is a pattern. Like things can be recognized and like played with and moved around and you're expecting something yeah. and it's you know it's about having your expectation diverted or like oh i know it's coming up next and 
dude. Right? <laughs> like, like the pattern of the thing is thrilling. I can't explain why. I, no, yeah, that, I know it's technically bad. He sleeps as long as he's and all these people die. But it's fun somehow. And, and, and then it's also ridiculous for us to be like, M, how have you not noticed that your secretaries are dying after they sleep with Bond? <laughs> well, it's somebody else's secretary. I love going back to Money Penny. You know, yeah. the always there in the background sort of Bond girl. I love this money, Penny. I love that she's super flirty with him. Like, he's flirty back, but in, like, a... Just, like, a cute, friendly way. Like, she's like, oh, when will you take me out he's, there? And he's like, well, he's the almost job is done, money, Penny. He's, he's not, but but he I'll just... I'll just barely like i'll keep you around but i'll keep you at arm's length mm-hmm. kind of thing and he's still he's still flirting w- with her and teasing her yeah. and stuff so yeah and like and she keeps doing this in the next couple movies and she's a delight i love whenever he's this great. money yeah. penny shows up he's great money penny <laughs> is a great character um but mm-hmm. no to to go back to what you said about like the whole expectation thing and this pattern yeah it's it 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 is exciting to watch because i think yeah. for for me as a comic book nerd nowadays we have all of these comic book based movies and tv shows and stuff like that and one of the things that's really exciting to me is when i can recognize a story of like oh they are adapting uh, yeah. these co- comics so i know what's about yeah. to ha- happen but then they changed like something suddenly, and I'm like, oh, I did not expect that. Oh my god, that was great! Mm. And and just like to have my expectations played with like that is 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 fun. Of like, oh, I think I know what's coming up next. <laughs> I know who the villain is. It's not yeah, that per- and- <laughs> person. Oh my god, who like? Yeah, what in the oh. world? It's it's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, that's not the Mandarin. They're saving the real Mandarin for something else. There's a lot of genres that have these kind of uh, trappings to them of, like, we're aware of our tropes and our patterns. Like, think about horror slasher horror movies and the movie Scream, which is all about deconstructing within its own narrative. Like, you have a character in the horror movie that's seen a million horror movies and (laughs) recognizes that he's in a horror movie and knows what's going to happen. Or, like, romantic comedies will do this, like... Oh, well, I just you know, ran into this guy and I dropped all my papers on the floor, so I bet I'll be seeing him again. Like, the spy and espionage genre as a whole doesn't have patterns, but this one franchise is patterned to heck. It's it's like a color in, in, the, in the lines book. It's patterned, like, but yes, they're not self-aware. It's paid by numbers. They're, they're not necessarily self-aware of like, oh, well, this is how spy movies go, so I, I bet this they're thing like is make- going it's, to... It's more... They're making it... Go ahead. No, like they're making it themselves. Like I think it takes a couple movies for it to get this awareness of we know what we're doing and we know that we have these yes, patterns yeah. and things. And, but and it becomes aware of it and it becomes aware of how it's like checking off the boxes. But they're doing it in a, a fun way. And like the audience likes the checkboxiness of yeah. the Bond movies. Yeah. Like we want to see, like we don't, we want to we don't want to see him drive a car other than an Aston Martin. Like we want the martini. We want the Aston Martin. Mm -hmm. We want Q. Like we want all of that there. There's a, 
an appreciation of how patterned it is like within the franchise itself and with the, and within the discussion around it. And like when talking about all the bond girls, the, the the people I've listened to talk about bond, it's not like, Oh yeah. And then he goes to sleep with this lady. It's like a celebration (laughs) of the individual women themselves. And like, this is what we really liked about this lady and oh, we wish she could have done more. We wish she would have been more independent or like had a bigger part to play in the climax. Like, you know, I think the, the movies and like the discussion around the movies is very honorable of the Bond girl. Yeah, it's it's it has the the patterns like we've been mentioning, but it's not mm. fourth wall breaking. They're not self right. Yeah. Whoa, 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 not... whoa. Like, oh, I've seen the born identity. Like, <laughs> I know what happens right. next. <laughs> it has had a handful of meta moments. Um, so after. Connery does five films. He wants out. They cast a different actor, an Australian model named George Lazenby to play Bond in a movie called On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, like he meets a girl, he gets married. And by the end of the movie, like uh, (laughs) she like Blofeld kills her. Like the movie ends with he's married this woman and now she's dead in his arms. And then, like, George Lazenby didn't want to do another movie, and then it goes, like, back to Connery. So it's, like, this one-off kind of odd movie in the franchise. And then I think pretty soon after that, I don't Like, it's in the first... It's, like, the first time Connery's back or, like, the first Moore movie after that. I forget which one. But I think, like, somebody goes to Tracy's grave to like visit her. And I think Blofeld's there attacking him again. I don't, again, this is the trouble in that I've had all these movies described to me, but I've never seen them. So I have trouble like really visualizing. I gotcha. But there's a part where like one bond actor says in like his first movie or his first movie back after a return, if it was Connery says, you know, this wouldn't have happened to the other guy. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Like it, it happens. It's in there every once in a while. And I think have we talked about the proposed ending, original ending for Skyfall? I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen Sky, Skyfall. Well, you know, Skyfall has that uh, Home Alone ending where they go back to James Bond's in you know ancestral estate and they're gonna fend off Javier Bardem there. Yeah. yeah. It is kind of dilapidated. There's like one old, you know, caretaker, you know, groundskeeper there. Originally, he was going to go to Skyfall. And throughout the movie, it's, you know, people are mentioning Skyfall to him. And he like, he jolts, he bristles. He doesn't like it. He has bad associations with whatever Skyfall is. And then you find out, oh, that's where he lived with his parents. His parents died. He has bad memories there. But originally, Skyfall was going to be the retirement home for spies and they weren't <laughs> going to be named but he was going to go there and there was going to be sean connery roger that's Moore, funny timothy dalton and pierce brosnan and lazenby if they could get him back like just as unnamed retired spies so like that's the funny. franchise is a very aware of itself okay and sometimes it plays this meta hand but i think a lot of times they kind of stay away from it uh but I'm very intrigued to find out what No Time to Die is going to, how much of a meta hand that might take as being the end of this current era with this current bond. So 
with uh, b before we start speculating on that stuff let's start t t talking about dr no himself and yeah. his layer and his plan and specter and all of that stuff uh so yeah bond finally makes his way to crab key island uh, which is where all the strange going-ons have been happening. That's where he meets Honey Rider. Uh, and they infiltrate this giant base. This giant, yeah. like, I don't even know what to call it. But yeah. Lair. Uh, Lair. Sure. Uh, and they're pr pretty much kidnapped... I, I wouldn't say Im immediately, but they're not exactly Im immediately. But once they're inside, yeah, they are kind of brought in as guests, as like kidnapped guests. And the first thing that happens to them is that, uh, you know, because... They've been irradiated. Like they pass through some area of the lair yeah. where, like the the staff members there suspect that they've gotten they've become radioactive. <laughs> like they've been exposed. It's so, like before they're like allowed deeper into the lair, they have to go through all these cleaning processes, and they go through this conveyor belt shower. And I'm like, oh, that's the one from Austin Powers. Austin pa Powers, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw Austin Powers before I'd seen any Bonds, and I've seen Austin Powers enough times. <laughs> I've seen it a lot. I'm very familiar with that movie. Then now it's I can funny. go back and watch this older Bond stuff. And I'm like, oh, that's what that's from. You know, From Russia with Love has like the character that I'm like, oh, that's Frau Farbissina. That's where yeah. we got her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they have to take them through all these showers and there's these people holding Geiger counters up to them and like saying like, okay, they're down to this number. They're down to this number. Give them one more wash. Okay. Now they're safe. Now we can put them in our like uh, house pajamas in, and lead in, them to their in our rooms, robes for yeah. hotel guests. It's a spa, <laughs> practically. It's a spa, it but is. it's more for removing radiation than it is to relax you. <laughs> yeah. So they they're they're in this like lavish hotel mm. room, and immediately drink the co co coffee, which has been yeah drugged they're knocked out they're separated um i i i guess they're not separated yet but they go to dinner with dr no this is kind of well this so the first time we see dr no he's kind of creeping in their room while they're knocked out and they're and they're drugged and he's kind of creepily looking at james while he's sleeping and you see these like metal prosthetic hands that can't move, yes. and he's just like caressing the bed, 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 bed sheets. That's weird. It's a weird scene. He's <laughs> like, I, this whole thing I don't is know weird. If they needed that scene, but it, I, I don't know. I will say. I love this layer. This set looks amazing. It's gorgeous. Oh, there's this part midway through the movie where Dr. No, like, you, this movie spends a, like, you don't meet Dr. No until, like, 20 minutes from the end of the film. And there's Perfect, one part yeah. earlier in the movie where you hear his voice where, like, one of his 
associates or lackeys or like some guy that he's blackmailing. Like he brings him into a room and he's like talking to him over an intercom. Like you're going to take this poisonous spider. It's just a regular tarantula, which are not poisonous. Like take this spider and you're going to drop it in Bond's hotel room and it'll sneak up on Bond and bite him. And then our problem will be gone. And that one room we're in for one scene is like really starkly, interestingly designed, like bold, Mm -hmm architecture like really dramatic lighting and it's just a and like there's nothing in the room there's like a chair for that guy and a, a little stand. table with the spider yeah. on it and yeah. then dying like an intercom where dr no is yelling <laughs> i <laughs> love that. the layer design i love his assistants like, that vault are- style doors and stuff yeah great uh, the like interstitial where they go in one of the bank vault doors is like a cave, but it's like lit in this like pink yes. lighting. And yes, like, oh, I love it. It's God, like the neon like... lights that I'm a sucker for. I love for. an indoor cave. I love <laughs> Bond layers. Bond villain layers are the place to go if you like indoor nature features. Right. Yes. Exactly. Rock walls. Great. Yeah. They've got like Bond and Honey of these like cute adjoining rooms. Dr. No has all these assistants who are like very hospitable. It's like he hired them like from a hotel mm-hmm. chain instead of finding them through right, like yeah. underground criminal networks. Right. Yeah, right, right. He, he has like a, 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 a hotel staff with, the, yes. with him there. It's like, well, you're not actually a criminal, but you're working for one, you know? Mm. <laughs> I always love the villain who will bring you to his lair and he's like, I'm still a host. Like, I, I owe at least, I owe you the civility of at least the dinner providing is at six you... will leave mints right. on 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 your pillows right. when like, you're not there. <laughs> like I am here to kill you for logistical reasons, not for personal reasons. Like you you're gonna have like a cushy bathrobe. The servants are here to make you like any room service you want. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, if I'm gonna take you out, I'm gonna take you out in style. Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> um. But yeah. So then they have dinner with dr no and Mm. then this is kind of where things come to a or start to come to Mm. a climax like this is the start of it and bond and dr no are kind of exchanging words there that's really when honey rider is like okay exit stage left like we don't (laughs) i want out of this now anymore yeah uh she really has nothing to say she's just like look i that shell was 50 bucks can i at least get my 50 bucks yeah i want my shells (laughs) right um but it is this interesting kind of spar of the minds because dr no positions himself as this genius scientist of like i like the scientists in the west you know they rejected me so i went to the scientist in the east and they rejected me because i was you know too smart for them and the stuff that i wanted to do was too unethical or whatever you know uh (laughs) (laughs) what i really like about dr no he is a great villain he's really this guy is an interesting face He's supposed to be playing a character who is half Chinese. I believe the actor is not, which is a problem. Half Chinese, half German. Yeah. I I, I, I guess he's not that mixed. 
he he's not that mix and so yeah i guess you could be like in a modern lens looking back they should have uh, right there's a number of things that they should have done but i feel like he (laughs) also looks the part though yeah he's got such an interesting face and that he's very still like he's got a really interesting like sculpted face and he's so like still and flat about things but in a really menacing way he's emotionless yes he, he like he's I, I i don't necessarily want to use the word robotic but he <laughs> yeah like he he yeah. has these prosthetic limbs that we don't learn much about and he just has them and it's this like he he's been through a lot and not in an empathetic way where it's like oh like i kind of feel for you like you've been like like it's no it's like okay you've been through some strange things and you've come Mm -hmm. out a worse person for it like yeah it's kind of menacing and creepy the way that he's he's just he's very matter of fact he's very still and yeah it's just like you're a weird guy you know and like yeah that's kind of it and you like it's it's not necessarily something you can put your finger on but it's Mm -hmm. it's just like yeah you're you're weird dude (laughs) yeah he's a chilling fellow yeah especially to go along with the kind of host villain is normally somebody who's more more genial and very talkative and oh mr bond why won't you try some of my wine so to have this kind of service from a man who's like Hello, Mr. Bond. Welcome to my island. <laughs> like, it's a yes. real disconnect yeah. there. Yeah, it works. Um, yeah, and so this is also where we get the first mention of Spectre. Mm-hmm. The Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. Thank you for looking up that entire thing. That is a mouthful. It reminds me of Shield from Marvel Comics, which I'm, I'm, I might even be a reference. Probably, yeah. There are a lot of these like terrible acronyms out Mm. there for like espionage and and intelligence agencies. Before we were recording, you mentioned. You mentioned uh, uh, Uncle. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, that that's one too. That has a weird name. But I was not expecting the introduction of Spectre in this thing because Spectre I, is here from the beginning. So I I don't know. Like I I know some James Bond things. I don't know Spectre all that much. Okay, Spectre is just sort of a general bad guys organization. Blofeld is a part of it. I haven't seen many Bond movies with Spectre because in one of the books where Spectre was introduced, I think Ian Fleming co-wrote that with somebody else. And that person had like a copyright claim Mm, on it. Okay. So that's why in the Daniel Craig movies, Spectre isn't there for a while. And they have this similar organization called Quantum. And and then the fourth movie, they finally got those rights back. Like, oh, now we can do actual Spectre. Let's pretend like Quantum was a branch of Spectre the whole time. In fact, let's call the movie Spectre. We're so excited. We have Spectre again. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I I guess just like shadowy villain agency, but we don't 
get much about them in this film besides no. the fact that they are mentioned and they exist. Mm. And Dr. No is a part of them. Um, but it is like it, this is one of the the things I think in this film that I'm almost most interested in. Like I yeah. I want the world building, and I again we've kind of mentioned it with these patterns and stuff. But James Bond d- does like is there is some continuity in there, but it's not one of the main focuses of the mm. Bond films. Um. And then every once in a while, you will have some kind of connecting t- t- tissue or something. But yeah, Spectre, it, yeah, is one of those things like, ooh, I, who is this shadowy organization that's out there mm-hmm. that's like opposing these intelligence agencies? That's what I want to know. Because um, like, where does Dr. No rank in in inspector right like is is he one of their top lieutenants or is he just a a henchman right Mm -hmm. that's another thing this movie doesn't have like it is generic henchman it is threats but it doesn't have like the henchman (laughs) like it gets a while until we have like a odd job and jaws and all the good ones went and kid are pretty charming i believe Mm mm-hmm Dave Batista yeah. with his metal thumbnails. <laughs> the new James Bond filmed metal thumb. Metal thumb. James Bond in metal thumb. <laughs> Do you remember those thumb movie parodies? Oh, God, yeah. I feel like Metal Thumb is like, okay, guys, now we're tackling Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> and a thumb parody of Metal Gear Solid sounds just utterly Metal nonsense. Thumb like, Solid. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. But, yeah, so... Dr. No is trying to, uh, yeah, sabotage this, like, rocket launch that NASA is doing, I guess, trying to, to like, remotely commandeer it or something. Mm. Um, and he is in the middle of it happening, and Bond is escaping from captivity once he's kind of discovered that that's what they're up to. And he is he's having a, a rough time of it to get back there. He's crawling through vents. He's getting washed with i guess like radioactive waste water or something who knows uh and he comes out of the vent and his shirt is just dirty it's torn up he's been (laughs) shocked he's been like he's just he's having a bad day man this was one of the things that let me know oh no mr bond expect you to die must not be in this movie because i do not remember james bond wearing an outfit that dirty in that right, scene yeah. in that yeah. scene in goldfinger he's wearing i think just plain black kind of cat burglar attire yeah not his tuxedo um, but this is a, a decent second choice yeah and so he escapes and yeah he ends up uh kind of knocking out this one dude and stealing his hazmat suit so he can kind of blend in. And he just walks in and is like, ah, shit, I don't know what to to do. So he just picks up some random papers and like, I'm going to stand over here behind (laughs) you and listen to what's happening and see if I can figure things out. 
and they're doing this countdown and be like, okay, you, it's your turn. Okay, you, it's your turn. Mm. And like, and uh, Jim, where's Jim? <laughs> Come on, Jim. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure what the g- 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 guy's name was, but then they're like, oh, he, uh, uh, oh, he's, uh, he's right, but. Behind us, Jim. What are you doing, Jim? Like, come mm-hmm. on, dude. It's you. And and he's like, uh, 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 sure, yes. Um, and then he has to go like figure out what to go do, do without anyone t- telling him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it results in him sabotaging it. They don't commandeer the launch. He he's just he ruins it, and it just causes chaos. Like, with all the, like, nuclear radiation stuff that's happening in this facility, I guess they set things off, and the the place is about to blow. And it's 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 chaos. And I I love this scene. Like, when the, the sirens are going Yeah, these are always fun. And people are running around everywhere. They're trying to escape and get on boats and stuff like that. And he's, like... Where's Honey? Like, she's she's somewhere mm-hmm. in 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 here, and t- turns out she's been locked up. But I just I love this scene because everything goes to shit. You see all the scientists running around in their hazmat suits. You see the like hospitality workers and the scientists, and it's just yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It, it's a fun scene because there's so much ha- happening. Yeah, there's the Bond franchise is good at the lair is going to be destroyed panic scenes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. which is another thing that's like very specific to this franchise. I don't, I haven't seen very many of that type of scene in mm-hmm. other films. I mean, I think there's the one in like Empire Strikes Back, but I feel like that's like oh, the Bond franchise is where it truly lives. Yeah, and so. They finally escape. They call for help. It looks like they've been on that boat waiting for at least a day, maybe. Not <laughs> too long, but long and en- en- enough, right? Uh, and then they get rescued, but then he's like, you know what? Let's not get rescued just this is, yet. This let's, is let's wild. Have- like, their boat... <laughs> Like, like there's M on a boat and he like clips like a, a, a line to Bond and Honey's like little wooden rowboat. And it's like, all right, we're going to tow you back to the mainland. And then Bond like cuts the rope. Like, do you need to bone right now? Can you can, bone can when you, you get back to a hotel? Back, yeah. What's stopping you from just boning right there, Bond? I know you don't care. <laughs> right. It yeah, like... won't look. It's fine. <laughs> No one, no one cares, right? Right. They know they, that from they kind you of now, expect, Bond. Yeah, they c- kind of expect that's what you're doing in the boat anyways. Right. I mean, what else did you have to do? It's not like you had that deck of cards there to play solitaire, right? Like, <laughs> gotta do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I, I, I liked the ending because it, it's not... It, it's it's the like okay, okay, okay we stopped things and there's a definite end to that film but it is also that like kind of more romantic view of the ending and then Bond yeah. gets the girl you know <laughs> that is how a lot of these movies end is that mm-hmm. like 
the rest of MI6 is like, okay, Bond, here we are. And Bond's like, yeah, huh? Like, you know, I'm going to turn the video screen off. Uh, I'm going to sneak away to another room in this boat on this plane. Like, he just ignores professional duties to, to bone yeah. down with this lady after the job is done. <laughs> and the rest of them are like, well, there goes Bond again. Yeah. Full credits. James Bond will return. <laughs> oh, Bond. Mm. Um, yeah, I good good film i thought it was pretty entertaining yeah Uh, surprisingly so for a movie i think a a nice thing because i haven't watched very many movies of this era like the camera movements like it's shot very simply and like plainly and brightly everything's very well lit the camera's just centrally located it doesn't move much like the camera work isn't very dynamic but that means that it's easy to understand like Uh it's just simple and watchable like nothing in this movie challenges you yeah (laughs) like i was never confused or bored and i appreciate that it was just sort of brightly colored and nice to look at for a while yeah indeed indeed um speculation for dr no or uh, okay. from, for, for from dr no to no time to die i will say that one of the released shooting locations for no time to die was jamaica they shot large parts of that movie in jamaica mm-hmm. which helps lend to the uh, Rami Malek is the new Dr. No theory. I'd have to go back and look at some of the trailers, but it seems like he does have a vaguely similar lair with like mm-hmm. large water features in it. I think he may water also be wearing some, some, uh, cause he, I, I think it was what he was half Chinese in this too. And I, 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 I think, uh, what we've seen of Rami Malek's layer he has a lot of like asian motifs in that mm. too but his accent is decidingly not asian it is this like weird odd mix which you're not exactly sure what accent that is i would <laughs> believe from someone who is maybe half russian half chinese mm. or something mm. like that right know. like it's just it's this weird mix of things and yeah i was starting to get the like huh i can see how they would take these things from dr no and translate that into a yeah like let's visually interesting modern aesthetic yeah like let's reinvent some of these things like dr no has the uh, prosthetic hands rami malik is like a very scarred face i guess character's name is safin I'm just going to keep, like, until I see the movie and I get that really stuck in my head. It's just Rami. It's just super villain Rami version. Like, he's got a real scarred face and he's wearing that, like, opera doll mask over it. I think maybe he has a Nehru collar jacket, which could lend itself to some Dr. No similarities. Mm -hmm. Now that I've seen this movie, I will have to go back and look at the trailers and look at, like, all of the stuff that has been released about Dr. No and, like, you know. I can, yeah. I can draw my own conclusions instead of just parroting the conclusions I've heard other people draw. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Mm. Um, yeah, because I, I so part of my speculation was erroneously based off the idea of of the like, do you expect me to talk? No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. And me thinking that was in Doctor No. <laughs> And and then and then being like no time to die, 
Ah, okay. I, I, I start to see like vague connection. Maybe, Maybe it's a yeah. reference. There still could it. be some homage in there. There might be some Goldfinger in here we have yet to see. Yeah. I mean, it might have something to do with a missile launch and stealing a bunch of money. Like, maybe one is a front or, or a cover for the other or something. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I have no idea what's going to happen. Because I, I, I actually haven't seen uh, the more recent uh, Daniel Craig James Bond films. I've seen the, the first, like, two at least have I, you I, seen I skyfall i i have seen skyfall so i guess i've seen the first three but after that i i haven't seen specter uh i haven't seen what's the one after have they done one after that no it goes casino this will be the fifth one it goes casino royale okay. quantum of solace skyfall specter uh, and then no time to die Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Spectre I've, I've is seen those first three, but it was a long time ago, and I I don't really remember them all that much. I recommend rewatching them. I think they're they're fun. Casino Royale's very solid. Skyfall. I want to. Gorgeous. Yeah. Spectre. It seems like this movie is taking a lot f- continued directly from Spectre, particularly you know Madeline Swan. She's an interesting character. Mm-hmm. She's a doctor. I- but is she Dr. No? <laughs> Heck, who knows? I don't. What if she's these, Dr. No? They, yeah. These trailers make it seem like she definitely has some sort of a secret. Maybe that's it, that she's been the villain this whole time. These movies Maybe. could do anything to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would kind of like to see that in more modern day Bond films. Like we've been talking about the patterns and stuff, but these these the Bond films have for the most part, just kind of moved on like after each story. And I I think when we see a new Bond actor or, you know, stuff like that, I do kind of like to see these reinterpretations of these stories. Like how how do you mix in Goldeneye to this this new thing? How do you mix in, yeah, from Russia with love or stuff like that? Um, yeah, I, I have... want to see homages or returning characters of like, oh, Doctor No is back. And there and have you know. been, there have been some. Uh, I mentioned Jaws earlier. He's a henchman mm-hmm. in two of the Roger Moore movies. Who has these metal teeth? Inspector Dave Bautista is a henchman, and he has these like metal thumbnails that he'll like jab into your eye, and that seems Jaws esque. Uh, in Doctor No, you see Honey Rider in her bikini like rise out of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That's the same shot, theme. right? <laughs> That's that same shot you see them pull on Daniel Craig himself in Casino Royale. Yeah. They're like, "This movie, we're gonna start really playing into Bond being as hot as like any of the ladies might be. We're gonna make Bond more sexualized right, yeah. himself." Uh, yeah. There's, there have yeah. There have been other homages like that. Like they pick up little things. People uh, for Spectre, people were wondering if they were going to do a soft remake of On Her Majesty's Secret Service when it was like Bond finds a woman he may really love and settle down with. It's like, oh, are they going to do the thing where Blofeld kills her again? Not like wanting, yeah, kill this lady so that he can restart again later in a more sexy globe trotting adventures. It's like, oh, right, yeah, th- that. 
people have looked back on on Her Majesty's Secret Service like this movie was pretty good. Like it's got this weird one-off Bond actor who's not totally doing a great job, but the script is fine and people are like maybe they're going to try and do that script again or like that same general storyline again with Craig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the it's there have been homages and things, but yeah, I would like to see them. Like it's been enough time now that it's like, we're just doing this one again. We've updated it. You yeah, know, we yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's it's updated. Exactly what I want to it's see. a soft or, or remake. Like, how, how can they mix two or three of them into a one brand new story? Right? Yeah. That I would think. So we'll see. No time to die is hopefully coming out later this year, but again, we're yeah. This we're recording this one kind of in the midst of all the COVID nineteen stuff. So who knows when that will come out? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. So moving on to recommendations. Yes. What would you recommend for people who liked this movie and something else that they can check out? Uh, if you want to see just a really good, fun spy movie, it's a, a recent film, but it's set in the 1960s. It's Guy Ritchie's The Man from Uncle movie. Mm-hmm. I think this came out in like 2013, 2014, maybe. It is a remake of like the old 1950s, 60s TV show, The Man from Uncle which stands for United Nations Committee for Law and Enforcement. And it's a story of an American spy and a Russian spy who have to team up with each other. So this movie stars Henry Cavill and Army Hammer. Uh, Alicia Vikander is the girl in it. Hugh Grant is like their M. Elizabeth Debicki is the villain. Jared Harris is in this. It's got a really great cast. Good one, yeah. It's, It's so much fun. It's one of the most fun movies in this genre, I think. And it's just like glossy and classy. Uh, The music, the the costumes, everything. It's a delight. I am always down to watch The Man from Uncle. I'm so upset it didn't do well enough to make a sequel. I still hold out hope. Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe Guy Ritchie like squirreled away enough money somewhere and he's like, another one, more uncle. Uncles are back. I would also recommend... A music video. Okay. Do you know the band Mike Snow? Mm. It's Mike spelled with two eyes, and that might make it pronounced differently. Not ringing a bell. But let's just say it's Mike Snow. Well, they have a song called Genghis Khan. Okay. Like the guy. And this music video is like a Bond parody. And it's about this villain. He is like a gold nose. Good. It's about this villain and he's got this like spy in a tuxedo like tied up on the on the platform with the laser pointed at him. And then like a bell goes off like, oh, guys, it's five o'clock. I got to go home. And you just like see the spy go home and you see that he's still thinking about the man on the table. And he goes back and like the whole music video is like a love story between the supervillain and the spy. And then they like dance together at the end. It's I would watch an entire series of films based on this one music video. Kyle, you have to look it up. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so fun. Good stuff. Um, mm. And of course, listen to the podcasts I mentioned yeah. earlier. There's James Bond and then there's Spectre. 
special podcast exclusively for comedy talking revenge and extortion it's my favorite podcast title uh i was like friends of friends of one of the guys who co-hosts it so i was able to join for one episode that's great and i am talking about roger moore's moonraker good stuff Mm. uh so my recommendations uh number one of course would be the mission impossible movies yes great those are kind of like our version of the american james bond i guess you could say yeah or spy thriller action stuff um but i also wanted to recommend a comic um, this is Shield by Jim Steranko. Oh. Um, and it collects a number of his backups in Strange Tales from 1951 uh, and Nick Fury, Agent of Shield from 1968. Um, and mm. this is often considered like a classic run of comics. Like, like this is one of the ones that you need to eventually read. If if we put c- comics and stuff on our list of shame, this would be one of the ones that are is I have not mm. read that is on my list, but I have heard so much about it. I've I've seen pages and panels, and it looks great. Um, I I I know at one point in here, I don't know how much of it is, but I I know there's at least one issue in here that is a completely silent issue. And that was oh. a kind of a c- c- controversial thing at the time. I, I don't know if yeah. comics had really done silent issues bef- before then. Um, Those letterers got to work. Well, yeah, that. And I, I think the story is that they didn't want to pay him for that that that, <gasps> that one. Because it's like, well, you didn't write anything. He's like, but I came up with the story. Like, I... I wrote the story. I just didn't write words that you can mm-hmm. read while you do. And so, yeah. But, um, yeah, that stuff is also, like, really classic, uh, like, Nick Fury spy stuff. Um, it has a lot of, like, pop art influences, really bright colors and things like that. So that is something to check out with that. Um and then I just one I think it, it covers a lot of stuff, but I also think Venture Burrows would be a good thing to yes. to to ch- check out because it, it it does have some of the spy espionage stuff in there. It has the like shadowy villain organization, uh, and it's just an all around good t- 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 yeah. time. And the um. Uh, in flashbacks, whenever you see Jonas Venture and he's wearing like the white tux with the red rose mm-hmm. in the lapel, and I think you see Hank in that outfit at like some formal yeah. function. That is straight from Bond. He wears that in, I think, from Russia with Love, the white tux with the red rose. Yeah, yeah. Which was an outfit they recreated for Daniel Craig on the poster for Spectre. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so yeah, those would be my recommendations there that stuff um yeah good that's good melissa it is my turn yes. to do shame timber pitch some yes things, uh from my list of shame shame yeah shame shame on you shame <laughs> um so i i have two options for you mm-hmm. do you want an all sci-fi theme 
or do you just want a grab bag of stuff? Oh, oh, interesting. Does the grab bag include any sci-fi? Um, no. Hmm. I would say no, but again, I haven't seen these films, so. Right? <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. Like, go with the, the ones you feel like you need to have seen more, okay. which okay. might be the sci-fi list for you. Yeah. Sci-fi list. But yeah, let's 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 go with the sci-fi list. I think this will be okay. interesting. Okay. Can I hear all of them though, just for my own knowledge? Yes. Okay. So the grab bag okay. one. Here's what I would have pitched for the okay. Grab bag one. Do the right thing by Spike Lee. Ah. Spirited yes. away. Uh. What? I haven't seen Spirited Away. Uh, oh my god! And Dog Day Afternoon, starring Al Pacino. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I haven't. That's a bank heist. I've seen Spirited Away. Right. I haven't seen Dog Day Afternoon or Do the Right Thing. Those are solid, yeah. shameless picks. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In, in, in indeed. So, uh, but we will go with the sci-fi theme because I am a big sci-fi fan. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The first one is Solaris, and I want to go with the original, the 1972 oh. film. Ooh, um, yeah. This is a Soviet science fiction art film uh, based off a novel of the same name. Uh, it was co-written and directed by Andrei uh, Tarkovsky, I believe is how you say that name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the plot centers on a space station orbiting a fictional planet named Solaris, where a scientific mission has stalled because the skeleton crew of three scientists have fallen into emotional crisis. Uh, psychologist Chris Kelvin travels to the station in order to evaluate the situation, only to encounter the same mysterious phenomena as the uh, others. Uh, the film was Tarkovsky's attempt to bring a new emotional depth to science fiction films he viewed most western works in the genre as shallow due to, hmm. to their focus on technological invention um a lot of people say that this is a good uh, companion film to to Kubrick's 2001 space ah yes odyssey um, I, I believe one of the scientists on the spaceship has died, and that is kind of one of the like the impending thing of like, hey, you should you like you need to go check this stuff out. And from I I, I know they remade the film. I think in the early two thousand, starring George Clooney. George Clooney. Um, which I I have also heard like it 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 like a lot of people didn't like it. Because they were expect oh, like oh George Clooney like this is gonna be like a sci-fi thriller with some action yeah and it's gonna and it's from what I hear both the original and that were pretty slow moving films yeah just sort of uh, internal and brooding and ponderous yeah yeah I've heard of which this. which a lot of sci-fi does have yeah that technological invention that mm. uh, they that that I, I guess this director was not a big fan of but a lot of sci-fi also like 
helps you to question a lot of things and existence and mm-hmm. purpose. And I think that's what this film is focusing on. Just these these questioning moments and these long ponderous shots of uh, I'm not even sure if ponderous is a word, but I'm making it one. Um, these long ponderous steakhouse. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just a a a more thoughtful sci-fi film there in Solaris, 1972. Okay. That's pitch number one. Pitch number mm-hmm. two is a much more recent film, uh, Ex Machina. This is ah. a 2014 British sci-fi psychological thriller uh, written and directed by Alex Garland, who worked on the screenplay for 28 Days Later, and I believe he also did Dread. Which is a uh, much he more... directed Annihilation, oh, which we watched okay. yeah, yeah. last year. Remember, yeah. we did that <laughs> one. Uh, I know he also did Jared, which is like an action mm. film that uh, God, it is. It's an adaption of the c- comics, and it is so good. And no one saw that movie. It, it, <laughs> it's great. That that film. It's got Carl Urban in it, right? Yeah, it it does. He's got to be at least worth the price of admission. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is, let's see the plot, uh, programmer Caleb Smith works for the dominant search engine company, Blue Book, uh, and he wins an office contest for a one-week visit to the luxurious, isolated home of the CEO, Nathan Bateman. Nathan lives in a beautiful modern home next to a waterfall and climbing hills and is alone apart from a servant named Yoko, who, according to Nathan, does not speak English. Uh, After an awkward introduction, Nathan reveals that Caleb... um, Nathan reveals to Caleb... Uh, that he has built a female humanoid robot named Ava with artificial intelligence. After asking Caleb if he is familiar with the Turing test, Nathan tells Caleb that he wants him to judge whether Ava is genuinely capable of, of thought and consciousness despite knowing that she is artificial furthermore the test will be passed if caleb forgets that ava is human during their daily mm. sessions um so i've i've heard nothing but good things about this yeah this i've seen this one um i yeah i i don't know anything else besides that though um it hmm. is distributed by A24, and I've seen a number of their films, and they've always been fantastic, despite what genre they might be in. Um, they've they've yeah. always been good films, but in terms of like movies about artificial intelligence, this one is up there. Just in sci-fi lists of like great sci-fi movies, this one is always up there um so 
Ex Machina is pitch okay. number two on that one. Pitch number three, have to go with a little bit more of a classic. Uh, the fifth element. I haven't seen this one. This is a 1997 English language French science fiction action film directed and co-written by Luc Besson. It stars Bruce Willis, Gary Oldman, and Mila Jojovich. Um, and it's primarily set in the 23rd century. The film's central plot involves the survival of planet Earth, uh, which becomes the responsibility of Corbin Dallas, uh, a taxi cab driver and former Special Forces major after a young woman falls into his cab. To accomplish this, uh, they join forces uh, and have to recover four mystical stones uh, essential for the defense of Earth against impending attack. So, there you go. Pitch number three. Kyle, I'm going to tell you, these are all great pitches, uh-huh. truly. I don't know if you need to see any of these as much as you need to see Spirit in a way. <laughs> it's it's on my list. It's on my list. Okay. Okay. I'm just saying that out of the six films you've listed for me, I think that is the most important one. <laughs> there there are a number of Miyazaki films that I actually haven't seen. And most of the time, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that one. I know that one. <laughs> Good film, I'm sure. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so I, uh, I, I, I guess to mention them, then on on my list because I, I have a list. I made a list of forty films Good. that are on my list of shame, and the ones from uh, Studio Ghibli are Spirited Away, Kiki's Delivery Service, and My Neighbor Totoro. I haven't seen those ones. Those are like the three most important. Kyle. Right, but I've seen like Howl's Moving <laughs> Castle. I've seen uh, Howl might know. be like fourth. Yeah, I, I, I Mononoke. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Seen yeah, that one. Though I when we because Paul and I covered that one on the review show, and Ooh. I hadn't seen that one until we watched it on the review show, uh, or on on the the whatnots po- po- podcast. So that was one that used to be on my list of shame. But go baby steps. We'll get there one day. Oof. So of these three sci-fi films, Melissa, what one should we watch? Oh, Solaris, uh, Ex Machina, or The Fifth Element? I So I have seen Ex Machina, and this movie stars uh, Domhnall Gleeson and Oscar Isaac before they were in the Star Wars movies together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I saw it before I saw those, and I've thought about going back to like see those actors again because when i saw star wars like i did not recognize them at all from having seen them just like months earlier in this film oscar isaac is a big beard and that made a difference to me like i could only concentrate on the beard i didn't recognize his face Mm -hmm. so i've thought about watching that i know solaris is very important but the thing is is that those movies are both real dreary and i don't know if i'm in the mood for a dreary movie a grim, sure, slow, sure. ponderous, human existentialist movie. Ponderous, as much as word. I'm in the mood for like 
Chris Tucker wearing a loud costume and yelling. Yeah. So, <laughs> I want to I watch the fifth Let's element. Let's do it. That's a good one. That's been on my list for a long t- time. I've I've seen it before. It's one of James's favorite movies. So I've seen it before, but it's been several years. And I think, like, I don't remember it as well as I feel like I should. I would like to see it one more sure. time. And it's such a a dazzling film. This is the guy who did uh, Valerian, which we've talked about before exactly. on the show. Uh, which and that movie visually stunning i was about to mention uh it's funny that you mentioned jams uh your brother that who we Mm. had him on the show to uh cover the the movie valerian and city of a thousand planets or something like that Uh uh-huh i don't remember the full title i always no that's it mixed up i got it right good okay uh but the fifth element is an original story from Luc Besson, but it is heavily influenced by the comics that the Valerian comics. All of that stuff, also by the artwork of Mobius and all of that stuff. All of the costume design was John Paul Gaudier, so it like it's it's sci-fi in its most like extravagant forms mm. and yeah good stuff um mm. so if you guys want and to i go, feel like this is a i, I was just about to say if you did want to go check out yeah valerian in the city of a thousand planets we do have a podcast on that one so i mean let me look up what number that one is. Yeah, that was over two years ago. It was one of our early ones. Yeah. I think Jams was our first guest that we had on together. I so, um, I will say that for being a movie that's like 20, 25 years old, I think the fifth element is still referenced a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ex Machina has come out in like the last handful of years. I think that might have been like a 2014, 15 release. Is what it said. 20, oh, 13. Okay. I, you were right. My memory, my memory of Ex Machina is that it came out on DVD and home video the same day as Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. So we watched both of those in one double feature. Wow, what a double I, feature. I watched, I watched Ex Machina and then I immediately watched Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Wow. Having not seen Paul Blart Mall Cop the first. Wow, wild. It's one of my best cinema-enjoying nights of my life. What a wild ride. Um, The Fifth Element, I think, is a movie that is still referenced. A lot, yeah. You will see cosplays from it. Mm -hmm. You will see, like, new collectibles from it. People still love it. This is in more of the cultural conversation than I think the other movies are. For sure. For sure. So even if the other ones are, like, serious homework picks, this one is... Oh, it's it's good for your everyday mainstream. pop culture lexicon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 13 is the one that we covered wow. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. So, Oh, go my God. That, that was out. 110 episodes ago. Yeah. Wow. God, we've been doing this for so long. Good stuff. Yeah, so that's what we will do this next week. Uh, we will hmm. do the fifth element. Let me look at the calendar here. When is that stuff? So fifth element there. Uh, and then after that, 
is when we are going to be doing our first um first thing of irredeemable. Mm-hmm. Or is that no, that's not yeah, no, we're going to do Fifth Element, then Irredeemable, okay, yeah. and then we start October, yeah, spooky the Spooky Month. month. Uh, so I, I I will mention this. I was conf- confused on the name of Irredeemable because there is a spinoff series in, in that oh. c- c- called Incorruptible. Uh, it's not – you mm. don't need to read that one to understand the st- story or stuff like that. It's just a completely, like, if you liked the story of Irredeemable, here's a – Here's that story from a different perspective. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited. The fifth element. Crossing that one off my list. Good stuff. That's what we'll do next yeah. week. Uh, so, Melissa, where can the people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. You can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and Instagram. If you guys want to stay up to date with our shows, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. Go like, share, subscribe. Uh, go subscribe to us on YouTube, please. We are at, yeah. I believe, 86 subscribers right now. See, we are inching ever closer to 100 <laughs> And I will not shut you up can, about, about it until we reach. You 100. can see us. I wore like a tropical shirt yeah. today to celebrate the setting of Jamaica. Yeah, and I, I, M- Melissa can't see, but I guess you guys can see that I have a shirt with a robot. Ah. I'm a big fan of sci-fi stuff, like we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, yeah. That's about it, though. That wraps us up for this one. This has been episode 123 of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.